Dick Palmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friend. I feel like this is like a first date. Like this is what it would be like to be on a first date with me. Because I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> All right, folks. Welcome to fu- Old Time Future Fun Hour. This is your Can't host. Can't even remember your first line. Can't even get through my intro without sorry, being interrupted. <laughs> Let me introduce my guest tonight, Becky uh, Hurlbert. Thanks for joining me in the studio. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm uh, doing this as a favor. Becky, this is your fo- first podcast ever, right? Ever. Ever. Not my first podcast. I've listened to plenty of podcasts. And how many of those podcasts you've listened to have you been on? None. And how many after this do you think you'll have listened to that you've been on? Well, none. Because you're not going to Well, listen. maybe. No, yeah, I'm not going to listen to this one. <laughs> I hope you do. And, and please give me feedback. You know, I always want to make this better for our we'll, listeners. We'll give it to Kurt. He can, he can give you feedback. <laughs> Kurt. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about our uh, let's talk about our coworkers here instead of um, an old time radio show tonight. Right. We'll strictly talk about Kurt. Yeah. This is um, we're going to tonight's episode is about Kurt, our coworker. I'm yeah. going to refrain from using his last name just for his amenity. Um, okay. Amenity. Good job. Yeah, Did I say I that right? That's correct. Were you going to. Okay. I was. But now I'm second guessing everything. Anyways. My uh, life. Go ahead. Uh, Do your intro. Sorry. My intro's finished. I just wanted to say, hey, welcome to Old Time Future Fun Hour. Okay, you got the title out? And welcome, Becky. Welcome your first podcast. Can am I, Is my face red? <laughs> it feels red. No. No one's even, no one's even looking at me. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at you because I'm trying to be like a courteous uh, conversation it's partner. Very polite. All right, Becky. Well, all right, let's talk, let's talk about our show. Okay. okay. So today's show mm-hmm. is called Boston Blackie. And the episode specifically is the writing stable murder. Okay, I hate to ask this question, and you're gonna regret ever asking me to help you do this. <laughs> but so it's not always Boston Blackie. It's, it's just always, always a detective. It's always Boston Blackie. Okay. Boston Blackie is the series. Go on. It's like Sherlock Holmes, but you know, uh, I a cheap to a B couple, version. But I didn't know if it was just. And the, and well, and that gets into the the genre of this is a detective genre, all right. And then the specific episode is the writing stable murder. So right. it's a mystery. So we know we have a murder, and there's a writing, you know, at a writing stable. And Boston Blackie is our hero. We are going to talk about the specific characters here in just a minute, and then you know we'll we'll get into uh, all that, and so we so we can learn a little bit more about about Blackie himself. Let me tell you about the show first, Boston Blackie. Yep. Blackie was actually he was written by a gentleman by the name of uh, Jack Boyle. He was an opium addicted writer um, who died in 1917. He was like 47 years old. Okay. And he went, no, it was later than that. Uh, 1928. He died in 1928. How do you know that? You I went looked from him up. 1917 to 1928? He, uh, yeah, he, he, he lived to be about 47, but he was opium addicted. And rumor has it that he invented Boston Blackie while he was in prison at San Quentin. It was sometime around 1910, and, and there's uh, multiple accounts of where he may have been when he created Boston Blackie, and for what reason he was in prison, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting. Okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then he died shortly after. Uh, if you look him up, 
it'll say that he was in prison for armed robbery, but actually, uh, we have reason to believe that that was inflated and he actually was in jail for, um, uh, fraud for passing, uh, bad checks, not actually robbery. And I think that's, I think that's more the truth. And I, I put a link on the uh, show notes if you want to go scope some of it out. Yeah. But further, we don't care. He was in prison. He was labeled as the, uh, most beloved felon writer or something. They had some funny name for him. It wasn't that memorable. Otherwise, I would have written it down. They say that he invented Boston Blackie while he was in prison because he was just doing a lot of writing there. He was he worked for the San Francisco newspaper before that and was a reporter and everything. And it's like, hey, why not? If you're a writer and you're in jail. All the time in the world. Capitalize on it. Publish your stuff when you get out. And that's what he did. Mm-hmm. So the series Boston Blackie, it was first published in 1914 as short stories like in, in your pulp magazines and stuff like that. Uh, he was in the likes of... Um, the Red Book. Maybe you've heard of that. Uh, well, like the magazine Red yeah. Book. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, and uh, which I didn't know had such a long history. Uh, he was in, uh, also published in The Strand. Don't know that one. I don't know. That was a new one. And Cosmopolitan. Twenty-three actual short stories published from 1914 through 1920. And in these stories, he was. And he was in jail that whole time. Uh, he wasn't in jail that whole time, but that's when he started writing. Okay. Was when he was in jail. I think he was in jail sometime around the early 1910s. Like oh. he may have gotten out around 1912 okay, or sure, 13 sure. or something like that. Uh, he was in in prison. They didn't tell what the full sentence was or for like how long he was in. But they picked it up during this time and actually made a uh, made movies of it. And Boston Blackie was originally created as a jewel thief, not a detective. Hmm. And then later hmm. was was readapted as a detective. Isn't that crazy? I don't understand how that would work. How you'd go from being a jewel thief to a detective? Well, if you... Uh, if they basically you, stole the name and reinvented the character. But, so he wrote the same story, but they made Boston Blackie be the criminal instead of the detective? Is that what you're saying? I guess I'm not following. He, he When Jack Boyle created him. Yes. He created he him as a... out as a jewel thief. And then it's not like he there evolved was a, into a detective. It's not like the lifespan of the Boston Blackie character had a story arc. Where he started he as a jewel thief. He wrote a bunch of stories. He wrote a bunch of stories, and Jack. Uh, Jack I thought you De- meant someone took the Boston Blackie story in total. You're so glad I'm here. <laughs> and then this is gonna be a long episode tonight, folks. Sorry, I thought he took the whole story and someone made Boston Blackie a jewel thief, but the writer made Boston Blackie a jewel thief. Jack Boyle, the the creator of Boston Blackie, created him as a jewel thief and wrote 23 individual short stories. I mean, think like James Bond, right? Not as a jewel thief, but like think of, you know. I'm up. I'm up on it. I just thought the person that adapted it to a movie made him a jewel thief instead of the detective. But the writer did it. Speaking of movies. Speaking of movies. It was his first movie was in 1918. Can you believe that? Yeah. Was it a Nickelodeon? When was the first? I I thought I recall the first movie ever being made was uh, Nosferatu. Well, when did the Titanic sink? Because that's 1912. Okay. Didn't they have Nickelodeons around then? That was a movie. Um, Like Nick Jr., Nick at Night? Like what are you talking about? Please. Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon is. No. Nickelodeon? That was like a film for a nickel? Ah, I gotcha. I mean, it makes sense. No, I understand. Didn't you watch Titanic? Yeah, but I mean, I was young and I pretty much just watched it because it was PG-13 and it had boobs in it. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Moving on. The So, okay, so the movie started in 1918 and actually they made... 
25 movies total, starting in 1918. Whoa. And the final one was in 1949, so long after Jack okay. Boyle died. Great. And um, there was a 13-year gap. In 1927, which was like after they'd made a few, they made a movie called The Return of Boston Blackie. So supposedly they were saying he's back. And then there was 13 years went by. And in 1941, they released Meet Boston Blackie. So he really didn't return. It was almost like a 14-year hiatus. Like a prequel, Meet Boston Blackie. I guess so. My assumption is, and I I couldn't find any details on the um, the, uh, premise of this, but my guess is between 1927 and 1941, that's when they reinvented him as a uh, private eye. I'm sorry. Music just went through my head. (laughs) Sing it. Private eyes are watching you. (laughs) I uh. Yeah, I don't know that song. You're Private always singing. Eyes are watching you, watching you. Look it up. You'll get it. That's fine. It's a song. We can't. 80s. We can hardly have a conversation. I'm sorry. Without me interrupting you, I'll stop. I can make it through a whole nother section without you talk. Without me talking. Without you talking, I could carry this by myself. No, this is great. This is Becky's show nope. tonight. Nope. Sorry. Go ahead, Elliot. Oh, I, I'm not jealous. I, I brought you in because I. It's. It, it's more fun to do this with people. All right. Sorry. I'm on. I'll stay on task. Stop saying sorry. Sorry. There's a book out now called Girl Stop Saying Sorry. Yeah. Or Stop Apologizing. I w- was going to say you and I can barely have a conversation where you don't get reminded of a song and start singing it. Yeah. My life is a song. You could cut everything that just happened into my life is a song. Pretend we didn't have that argument. <laughs> Boston Blackie first aired on the radio, <laughs> changing gears a little bit back to our story, uh, in 1944 as a, as a stand-in actually. And there's some, there's some debate about this and feel free to look it up and correct me if I'm wrong, but they say that the first episode was in 1944 and it was actually played in place of an episode of Amos and Andy. Have you ever heard of Amos and Andy? No. Oh, that's a famous, um, buddy comedy. Uh, finally, got the, they got their own series in um, yeah, a little bit later in 1940, later in 44. Mm. Mm-hmm. The very first episode aired on April 1944, uh, and they ran through October 1950 and produced, some people say, over 200 episodes. Some people say only 199. I can only find 199 available on archive.org where you can find this episode and many 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 others for and 198 free. more well 198 more of boston blackie for sure and tens of thousands of other great old-time radio shows great <laughs> yeah you didn't really need to say anything there but that's good that you did <laughs> well if we were having a normal conversation that's what i would say oh good great the episode that we're talking about tonight which we're going to get to here in just a minute the riding stable murder episode 143 and it aired on January 7th, 1948. Let's go through the characters a little bit, Becky. Good. Good do, refresher. Do you remember You remember who all the characters are? Not if I had to name them off all by myself. But if you cheat and look at my notes. Yeah, I definitely could do that. I tried to list them down sort of in the order that they appear here. Mm-hmm. Which was helpful. We've got, a, we've got a few. And this is a mystery. So any one of these people could be a suspect. Uh, we've got Kay Baker, who we are introduced. Uh, there is a mystery writer and his secretary, Kay Baker, who is our very first character that we meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got David Hanley. He is the mystery writer. Kay Baker works for him as his secretary. 
Uh, David Hanley is um, kind of an interesting character. We're going to get to hear from him a little bit. We've got Jim Leslie. This guy, he's a hoot. He's actually the focus of our show. He's the guy who gets murdered. Mm-hmm. I have to say, when you first hear him, he sounds a lot like Dave Hanley, which is why I was so confused at first. Oh, because it sounded like Dave Hanley was fighting with himself? Kind of. I didn't really understand what was going on. So there's a little there's a little uh, foreshadowing. Sorry. That's a- I'm sorry. I'll quit. I'm squ- quit saying I'm sorry. Say sorry again for saying sorry for saying I'm sorry. I'm sorry for saying sorry. I'm, ge- I'm staring daggers here. I'm not uh, looking, so I can't feel him. <laughs> she won't look at me. She just looks at the notes. I try to have a conversation with you, and you're All like, right. "How's this?" No, look back at your notes. Don't look, look at me. I'll hold it like this. No, don't look at me. <laughs> and Are you worried about that? Yeah, that you're gonna spill the wine all over my my chair. Uh, and then you've got uh, Chick, who is actually a horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite quite a specimen. I understand. very important part of the show. Chick is well, he's a horse that Blackie likes to ride. Boston. Mm-hmm. I call him Blackie. I don't know. Should I call him Boston? It Boston. just doesn't yeah, roll off. I the know. It feels a little weird to be white and say Blackie. You know, I, I feel like I need to do some research on is this racist? Is but they- if I have to ask, it probably is. You know, I'm just an <laughs> ignorant white guy in Montana. So um, while we're talking about horses, we also have Beauty. This is a new horse in the stable. And we've got Johnny. They never tell us Johnny's last name. He's our stable hand. He works for Jim Leslie. Oh, yeah. We were talking about Jim. Yeah, Jim. Let's fill you in a little bit on Jim. So yeah, he's the guy who dies, which happens like right away. Uh, he does have a little tiff with Dave Hanley, but he also has tiffs with everybody. Uh, we're we're going to come to learn. Um, but he's also Kay's jealous boyfriend, and that's why him and I Dave have an issue. I don't know if he's really jealous. I would call him a jealous boyfriend. Okay, I mean, that's uh, fine. He busts in and he's like, working late, are you? You know? And I don't know why I'm taking the man's side. He's jealous. That's fine. That's fair. Well, He's K- jealous. Kay doesn't do anything to help herself either. I mean, it's you're not taking the man's side. You're, it's you know, fine. neither of these characters you're rooting for. I sorry. <laughs> you can cut that out, right? There was a long pause before I scratched. That's why I stopped. Okay. But don't stop and say, "Can you cut this out?" But you already are going to. I'm going to. You just just all right. Don't sorry. don't worry about just it. scratch and keep. Oh, going. say sorry again. Did I? Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> it's worse than ums. Your um is sorry. Okay. I don't know why I'm saying say it like it a Canadian. My goal from here to the end of the two hour podcast hour recording is to not say um. We shoot for an hour normally. I know. Uh, Inspector Faraday. Okay. So we got Johnny the stable hand. He works at the stable with Jim and Jim is the owner of the stables. Uh, we've got Inspector Faraday. He's a recurring character. Uh, he is the uh, like main constable in this town. Um, the assistant detective? No, he's okay. Is he assistant detective? No, I didn't catch that. But he he's just, just he, like, he's just like the recurring like detective in the town that in L.A. I guess that Blackie normally uh, engages with. Yeah, uh, he's got a really interesting relationship with Blackie. It's kind of love hate with those two. Yep, like father son maybe. Mm, more like rivals. Okay. <laughs> I would think I I think Inspector Verde, which we're going to come to learn soon, and I bet if you listen to a lot more episodes, you'll find Inspector Faraday is most likely sure, yeah, 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 intimidated, intimidated for sure, threatened by Blackie because he's always solving his crimes, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, Blackie, you did it again! You solved the crime that I didn't want to solve. You're better <laughs> at my job than me." Right, in a different voice. Mary Wesley, this is uh, Boston Blackie's girlfriend. Don't like her. Don't like her. Don't like her voice. 
She doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't really add anything. Honestly, she, she doesn't does, do anything. In I this. feel like she does women uh, an injustice. She's a total. She's annoying. Like, she's annoying. Let's just be honest. <laughs> she's not very empowering. You're like you're just like a night. You know, you just really fulfill the stereotype. You're just of a like 1950s a 1948 win- woman. When did this air? This 40? one. This one aired in 1948. Okay. Yeah. She sounds like a 1940. Well, like I'm just sure she barely. did women her age. Just G- January 7th, almost 1947. All right. I'm sorry again. Oh shoot! I wasn't gonna do it. And then we've got this random guy named Jimbo who's a bookie. <laughs> Get it together, Becky. Not apologizing again. One more time. <laughs> Not again. Even Never if again. I'm very rude, I won't apologize. Uh, we've got we got Jimbo. Uh, he's the rookie. The rookie. Sorry, the bookie. Oh, that's what I thought. All right. Um, let's see. General consensus. This takes place in and around L.A. Uh, go on to archive.org or go to Old Time Future Fun Hour and look for this the uh, show notes for this episode and you can get a link right to the show or you can check it out on Facebook. I have posted the episode a week before we review them. So you can go there and listen to it. So there's a few different places if you want to check it out on your own. Becky. Yep. Let's talk through what happened. Yep. Let's see what we think of this show. I'm going to just toss the ball over to you. Okay, great. What do you think happened? And I'm going to interrupt you like as super many times as I interrupted you super quickly uh, to say, wait, you're wrong. You missed something. But, um, you yep. know, thinking, thinking back of the show, let's let's start. Let's start from the beginning. What, what do we think happened? OK, well, I have to tell you, I already told you this. I listened to the intro at least five times because it starts out with Kay and Dave talking in the office. Yeah. About some mystery. They have like the intro organ music and then it just goes right into Kay and Dave. Yeah. And they're talking about a mystery. Didn't know Dave was a mystery writer at the beginning of this. So they're talking about a mystery. And I'm like... I don't think it really matters that he's a mystery writer. He could be anything. I mean... But they're talking about the premise of the story that he's trying to write. And she's like trying to help him out, right? Yeah. So then they just stop talking about that and start talking about real life. And that transition confused me. And so I re-listened to it five times to figure out... That the intro was actually part of the show. And it's like a minute and a half long, right? Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. It just, it, there was no context. It was tough to tell. Yeah. So they're, they're like, okay, let's type these notes up. And then, and then there's a knock at the door. And he's, oh, yeah, he starts asking Before her. Before there's a knock at the door. Dave is, they, they do. They switch to personal. It's weird. Personal topics. And Dave is, uh, and there's, there's some indication that maybe like they're working late or something like that. And Dave switches and says, Okay, how are things going with you and your boyfriend? Which to me kind of gives the impression immediately. I got the impression right out of the gate that this Dave is, is like appropriate, yeah, for a work context. That that Dave is potentially taking advantage of his role. So I have a clip here, okay, of Dave and Kay chit chatting mm-hmm. during this intro. Yeah, let's let's play it. Jeffrey felt that there was something in the room. Something he couldn't see. Mm-hmm. He knew he was alone, but had the feeling he wasn't. Now what? I uh, had the um, feeling he wasn't, and... Uh, oh, never mind. Let's take five, Kathy. We've been at this story for hours now. Ah, it suits me, Master. Uh, tell me, how are things between you and Jim, Kay? I haven't heard you talk about him lately. That's all over, David. Oh? I told you we quarreled. Yes, I know. About me. Uh-huh. Well, you listen to me, young lady. I never knew a couple of kids in love who didn't quarrel. And very often, it's about the girl's employer. Jim and I aren't in love. So? He sounds ridiculous. Suits me, master. 
I what do you think the relationship is between these two? I mean, obviously there's a difference between 1948 and 2019. Inappropriate workplace conduct? Please. No no woman would ever respond like that. Master. Have you uh re-upped on your sexual harassment training? I did, yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing we have somebody in HR who sits next to us. Yeah. Kurt, who I can just put the HR button on. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't put the HR button on Kurt. I put I think he gets uh, so Becky I and I it on Elliot. Becky and I work together in the same office, and, and it's often very inappropriate. Not well, as inappropriate as David Hanley. Well, I, I think um, I'm plenty appropriate, and it seems that more often than not, it's me calling Kurt to say, "Hey, I need you to take care of Becky." No, what have I ever? You said and I inappropriate. Let, okay, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you, you. I share stories about my life. And, they, and you just don't like, happen to like think about what you say before you open I your mouth. I just think that in this instance, David Hanley is like said who he is like a particular other person we work with that used to be God. Much, you're much pointing of, up. Much, we much sit, we're on the top us. top floor. Oh, um, <laughs> to be like, oh, of course, your boyfriend's jealous of me. Every boyfriend is jealous of me. I have so much power. And because I am the mystery writer of the century. Right. Which I've never heard of David Hanley. So uh, he obviously didn't make it big. I mean, right. Yeah. He's a fictional character in the story. I get it. I understand what I did there. All right. Moving on. They're in there. They're talking about it. She's all, we fight and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, it's normal to fight. and About me. It's normal to fight about me. Of course Everyone you're fighting about, about me. me. Do you see how big my ego is? Of course you're fighting about me. And Jim... Kay's boyfriend, who they're talking about, who they broke it off, busts in immediately. Oh, I say immediately too much. You say sorry too much. I say immediately too much. I'll uh, stop you when you do. That's this episode's drinking game. Every time I say immediately, (laughs) and Becky says sorry. Okay, so Jim starts talking and sounds almost exactly like Dave. Would you agree? Well, we can we can listen to it. Um, I think it's really interesting because there's a scuffle. Jim just like barges into his house where or wherever his it is. House, his office. Okay. Well, I I, I guess I assumed he's a writer, so he probably worked from from home or something. Because like, aren't they? I don't know. Okay, so he's got an office. All right. Uh, let's let's listen to Jim and Dave. Sure. And here's their little scuffle, um, which I think sets the tone. Because remember, Jim. I mentioned this earlier. Jim's the guy who dies. This is a fire yeah. thing. Supposed to be staying late because you were working, Kay. You call that working? Come in, Jim. Sit down. How are things at the writing academy? Never mind being concerned with my business. I didn't come up here for any friendly discussion. Oh. Now, Dave, you listen to me. <gasps> Stop spilling those. Stop it. Don't worry. My coat, will you please? Jim, you leave him alone. I'll leave him alone. Please. You. Leave the two of you alone. First, I've got to convince this guy that he better stop telling you lies about me. Then he can leave us alone from now on. Oh, now, really, Jim, I don't know. Hey, look out. Look out. Look out. Look out. what you've done to Dave. He didn't have what he deserves. He's a mystery writer, isn't he? The greatest mystery about him is why I don't knock him off instead of just knocking him out. (laughs) Hell of a line. Mystery writers just did not have a very good reputation back then, apparently. Well, and now that I listen to it again, they don't actually sound the same. They sound like two different people. Were you listening to it like on your phone speaker or did you have your headphones on? Phone speaker. Oh, well, everybody sounds the same on a phone speaker. It's like... I hate to say it, but like cell phone speakers are not great speakers. <laughs> but let's talk about the one-liners. No, that's what, okay. That's what stuck out to you. I'm gonna knock them off. 
<laughs> I don't know what he said. I should have. Instead of knock the, him the, out. The greatest mystery is why I knocked him out instead of just knocked him off. So he's threatening Dave's life. He comes in in a jealous fit, uh, knocks out Gay's boss. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, there's this whole thing about, you were talking about earlier, where Dave is kind of crossing some lines. There's probably uh, some really excellent Me Too opportunities there. Yep. But Kay seems to be on his side because she's defending him. And well, there's that. But then there's also like it's totally legit. Like what if I just went into my wife's work and knocked her boss out? Right. Uh, It seems to me like there's some pretty control issues. Well, there's control issues. And then I would probably be quickly going to jail. (laughs) Yeah, you would for sure. Yeah. No, I mean. Anyone in this day and age. But in 1948. Yeah. Well, and he was a mystery writer, so the cops, I mean, who are they going to believe? A uh, well-respected uh, owner of owner? a... Yeah. Or a mystery writer. <laughs> this guy's a mystery writer, apparently. I mean, he best be good enough to have a secretary. Maybe she's working for free. You know, things cost less back then. and Women cost less back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You should be lucky it's you're up true. to 70% of what guys make nowadays, right? Really living on the high horse. Yeah, I bet it was closer to 50% of uh, whatever a dollar is that a guy makes. Uh, in 48, it's really like 20%, 20%. 20%. If you're lucky enough to get a job because your job as a woman was to stay home and make babies. Or know how to type. Well, and she was a secretary, and so that was like the only profession. I I understand there was probably a lot of other professions. I mean, there was Amelia Earhart. She was a pilot. <laughs> the only pilot. Oh, the only female pilot, sorry. And the only pilot anyone remembers. Yeah. Well, and there's Charles Lindbergh. I remember well, him. Well, and the Rain, Wayne Wright brothers. The Wright brothers. The, the Wright brothers. The, Way- the who? Who's Wayne Wright? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also Howard Hughes. The yeah. aviator. I know, but... He was more like excent- an eccentric billionaire. Name the most famous pilot. Someone t- would say the Wright brothers or Amelia Earhart. Don't you think... That'd be an interesting. Let us know your thoughts. We'll Who, ask, who's the most famous pilot? We'll in your ask mind? Kurt tomorrow. Yes, Kurt will tell us. <laughs> I really hope he listens to this at work while I'm there. Okay. Hey, all right. We cut to the stable. So th- there's this whole scuffle. Now we get to um, we get to cut to the stable. We still haven't even met Boston Blackie yet, which is kind of interesting. But granted, we're only two minutes into the show, even though you and I are thirty minutes in to recording this. Say it. Nope, say, I'm not going to. Say sorry. I'm done. I'm done saying it. Uh, we cut to the to the stable, and this is where we, we get to meet Jim, mm-hmm. and he's sitting in here taunting a horse. He's he's just being a big jerk. So Jim, not only is a jerk to Kay, he knocks out her boss. He's super jealous. He's he's got a, he's definitely got a power issue, and uh, he's taunting this horse, uh, this new horse, Beauty, we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and um and and we meet Johnny, who's his his hired help. And uh, he's kind of like, hey, man, like, you should be careful of that horse. Horses, you know, they're they're bigger than you. They can kill you. They are they remember you. They'll, yeah. Yeah. It's like a dog. They'll be... Well, uh, a cat, maybe. And and Jim, in his infinite uh, power uh, trip that he's on, says, hey, uh, remember, you work for me, kid. Stop telling me what to do and remember that I pay the bills or something like that. He's got a, he's got a silly line. Um, and Johnny's like, well, regardless, this is where we get to meet Blackie. Um, he's Boston and Boston Blackie and his girlfriend show up and says his lady friend, his lady friend. I didn't have her name when I was writing the notes at that point. 
uh, but it's Mary Wesley. She's a recurring character in all the shows too. He's his long-term girlfriend, even though he's kind of a flirt. I mean, we assume he is because it's the, you know, 50s and Mm -hmm. he's a detective. I mean, if it was this day and age, they'd just be like casual friends that always hang out. Uh, Boston is actually asking to ride Beauty, the new horse. And he's like, no, I'm not finished with him yet, with Beauty yet. I'm like, what are you trying to do, man? He's like taunting Beauty with sugar cubes and, and whatever. And so Boston gets his usual horse, Cheek. Uh, chick i like to say chic because your usual. wife speaks french mm-hmm. um which any avid listener of this podcast already knew mm. oh that's that's not a criticism of you becky that's just because uh, it's I, all right i can take criticism i like to brag about uh how much sarah speaks french she does a lot all the time 50 percent of what i hear come out of her mouth is french well that's because um i would like to think that our kiddo understands what she's saying so right. 50% of what comes out of her mouth, I don't and understand. It's because she's literally speaking a foreign language. At least 50% of the time your kiddo is in the room when she's speaking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The other half, she's just swearing at me in French. No, she's not. <laughs> oh, it, to you, maybe. Yeah, yes. at me. She's that's potentially like, Oh, Elliot, you're being such a such a dork. That's how she swears. Oh, Elliot, you're being such a dork. So Blackie and Mary, they set out riding. They take off. Um Right. This this is kind of interesting. Um, Boston sort of reiterates the idea of like personalities of a horse. So we just we just got through listening to Johnny telling Jim how much horses you know have a personality and they remember and they hold grudges and whatever. I mean, it wasn't quite to that extent. But that's what he meant. And Blackie's like patting his horse on the rump or scratching its neck or whatever. And he's saying, oh, it's a beautiful day. And he's talking to his horse and sort of reiterating. And the horse actually like talks back to him as, you know, gives a little snort. And, you know, really playing up the bond is what I'm getting from here. Mm-hmm. So we can kind of probably have a sense of what's going to happen next. Yeah. This is kind of fun because, I mean, remember, this is episode 143. So there's obviously a history here that has been established over 143 episodes and Mary is going on, and now Mary is talking to Boston about this and saying, like, oh, this is great. It's been at least three days since you've talked to, uh, had to talk to Faraday, and, and there's nothing, nothing happened. It's so quiet, and we get to be out riding and having fun. Which, <laughs> no work involved. And as soon as she gets finished saying that, Johnny shows up in a heartbeat, you know, like huffing and puffing, uh, riding a horse and saying, hey, Jim's dead. Yeah. Here comes work again, Mary. Oh, sorry, doll. How do you feel about riding alone from the rest of the day? I don't really care for it. I might as well just do the clips myself. Why do I? I so why do good. I even play them oh, for you? The accents almost <laughs> spot on. Well, you've got Blackie, who's got this. I'll close my eyes. It's like the radio show's on. Nice deep, nice deep voice, and then you've got um, like all the heroes in these old school shows. And they all talk like this. They all have a little bit of that slur, like. Hey, uh, what are you talking about? Jim is Everything's dead. slightly prolonged in their sentence. Kind of like the way we're prolonging this episode. Okay, sorry. Dang it. Nailed it. I was so close. Now it's a game. <sighs> Drink. Drink. Everyone drinks. <laughs> I will. Yeah, Boston is now, sends her off. Hey, we've got a murder to work on. Hun, I got to go. This is, this is going to be fun, you know, and he gets all excited about it. My thought was, um, you know, do you think they still have to pay for the horse rental since the owner of the uh, stable is dead and he's now investigating his murder? What do you think? Oh, for sure. Yeah? Well, I mean, the, the owner of the stable's dead now. But there's other people working there. Just Johnny. Right. Well, and it is Blackie. Apparently a Boston well-known Blackie. Yeah. detective. 
other thing I would assume they would have paid ahead of time, but who knows how, if maybe they were paid by the hour, pay at the end, pay at the beginning. We don't know how things worked in 1948. Everyone I knew who was alive then is no longer alive now. So we can't ask. From 1948? I, yeah. Hmm. I know some people who were alive in 1948, I could ask. Oh, I guess. My grandmother was alive in 1948. But you know what? My parents were both alive in 1948. Really? They're they were too young to remember. They weren't renting horses. They weren't. They were like sleeping in drawers. Yes. Okay. Exactly. As in there were babies. Not yeah. like they were abused children. No, no, no. Okay. Not abused. No, they were they were babies and a, and a drawer babies. was a very a good bassinet. Was what a poor person used for a bassinet. Or in this day and age, a thrifty person uses for a bassinet. Or a hipster might use. My friends put their baby in a in a drawer. I mean, I put my kid in a drawer once but it was more for like my own entertainment just for safekeeping while you put your pants on or some while you were changing clothes I we ran out pants. to dinner yeah no not just that close long. the drawer you couldn't go anywhere just close the drawer <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible i'm i'm totally kidding deep drawers i love my child and i i try to take yeah, very good take care of very him. good care of him uh back at the stable yep faraday shows up yeah, so... Meet Inspector Faraday. Okay, Matthews, close up shop. This is no murder. Let's get back to headquarters. Right, Inspector Faraday. Wrong, Inspector Faraday. Hello, Blackie. I'm glad to see you. Forgive me if I rub my ears. I, uh... Did I hear you correctly? You're glad to see me? Certainly, why not? There's no murder here for you to stick your nose into, so I'm glad to see you. Jim Leslie wasn't murdered? Well, he was in a way, but you could never catch his murder, and neither could I. He runs too fast. <laughs> Kind of a dimwit, I think. Works with Black, Blackie a lot. They know each other. And uh, he, he's, oh, this is, I mean, this is great. He, he shows up and he's just like, oh, ah, Blackie, we already ruled it an accident. You can just go yeah, on. Yeah, wasn't he like, so good to see you? And Blackie was like, Why? oh, it's good to see me? Yeah. And he was like, well, usually when I see you, it's a murder, but it's not, so... Whew, thank goodness. Thank goodness this time it's a... Uh, Blackie's like, guess what? Accident. This was a murder. But uh, Faraday definitely jumps in and says, this was an accident. You see the perfect U shape on his forehead? You know, Jim, I've, I learned that Jim teased this horse all the time and finally the horse teased back. Blackie and Faraday, they've got a history together. Mm-hmm. And they have interactions, uh, and they definitely are a bit campy. And in researching the show, they were definitely listed as sort of like a B comedy. And and so Faraday is always kind of the dopey cop, the the Barney Fife that shows up. So they they go back and forth. Blackie insists it's murder. Faraday is like whatever. He says, "Why don't you go ahead and send the horse to court?" And um, let me play for you the clip. Again, I say wrong, Inspector Faraday. What? What are you talking about as if you knew? Uh, Faraday, our friend Leslie was murdered. Sure, I know, by a horse. So I'll arrest the horse, put him on trial, and if the jury finds him guilty, he'll go to the electric stall. <laughs> uh, don't bother me, Blackie, will you? Oh, it's no bother, I assure you. So many puns. Sends him to the electric stall because the horse is guilty and the horse goes in a stall. Mm-hmm. The horse lives in a stall. Yeah. Well, it spends a lot of time in the stall. Uh, really, everything just points to signs of an accident. Don't don't be silly, Boston Blackie. Um, but Blackie says I'm not. He he won't tell Faraday how he knows it's a murder, but he says he's gonna get to the bottom of this. He's like, yes, it's a murder, and he's like, he's well, how sure. do you how do you know, Boston? And Boston says, I'm not gonna tell you, Faraday, but I swear I'll get to the bottom of this. 
And then we have a really excellent bun right before a commercial break. Mm-hmm. Which I'm going to play for you now. Looks exactly like the letter U, which proves that the horse didn't kick Jim Leslie at all. Oh, it does, does it? How do you figure that? Eh, uh, you figure out why. Well, it... right now, take my word for it, will you? And also take my word for this. Yeah? I'm going to find out who the killer is that came into this riding academy and began horsing around. So, I believe there was a commercial break there that actually got removed from the recording that we had. And I think the the recording that I have was from, like, a record. And and before every commercial break, Blackie always gets in a great pun like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got a lot of them. We'll find there's a, another clip coming up later that I'm going to play that you can kind of tell it's on a record and it kind of, like, skips. But uh, I found other better recordings of this, but I couldn't download them. All right, so we come back to the show, and they're at uh, the stable. We get to meet Johnny and the bookie. Yep, yeah. The, so the bookie calls, and he's asking for a bunch of money. No, they, they have a phone conversation later. Oh, is something happened first? I can't remember. Nope, nope, nope. I skipped ahead. I'm right. You're right. Okay, so the bookie calls, and he's demanding money from Johnny. Yeah. And he's threatening Johnny's life. Whether that's physical injuries or his well, entire life, I don't know. Johnny has this, remember. this outstanding debt, and we don't know if it's like, like, is it just a bookie or is it like... And Johnny, we know, is an old um, uh, jockey. Yeah. But clearly has a, some sort of borrowing and or gambling problem. Something. So, he, yeah, he's, he's in debt a bunch because of money. Because apparently he's offered to pay back this bookie several times. Yeah, he keeps saying, oh, I'll have it for you Saturday. And he's like, that's what you said last Saturday, Johnny. I'm yeah. coming down there. I'm going to get my money. Right. So there's a little back and forth. And we basically find out that Johnny says, I have a plan to get you the money and and then some. And I'll have a little more for me. Yeah. So, so at this point in the episode, are you thinking, oh, for sure he killed Jim? Well, I think they're, they're setting it up. I don't know. Because, because Jim, I mean, there was the whole interaction with Dave in the beginning. Yeah, but I wasn't concerned about that because... Dave's a mystery writer. He's kind of a wimp. Well, and Jim like knocked him out. J- Dave didn't do anything. Yeah, but Dave's sweet on his girl. I know, but Jim walked into his house and knocked him out. So you're, you're just thinking like Dave doesn't really... Okay, yeah. Dave doesn't... I'm he's not, not threatened by Dave. For Dave sure, is not threatened by Jim. At this point in the episode, I'm not thinking Dave's here nor there because Jim walked into his office and or house wherever he's working out of and knocks him out in front of his girl. Yeah. So if Dave's trying so to Dave's prove mad. himself he's, to Kay, he's... He's going to go kill Jim. Well, nah, because Jim just walked right in. Dave had a gun, didn't he, at this time? No. No, no, no. Dave had a gun with uh, Blackie. Sorry, which sorry, we sorry, which sorry. we haven't talked about yet. Sorry, that's like four shots, guys. Either way, at this point in the episode, I'm thinking Johnny's got a plan to pay back this bookie. Yeah, and where's he getting the money from? And we've got this mysterious death. Yeah, and nobody else was really and at he the says, stable. I'm getting your money and then some, and a whole lot more for me. Yeah, here's the dramatic line. Money goes faster than it comes in. I know. Look, I'll have it for you, Jumbo. Honest, I will. Where are you going to get it? Ask somebody for it? Well, I was going to ask Jim for it, but now I don't have to ask nobody. Oh, yeah? 
I'll have that money and 50 bucks extra for you in a week. How are you going to do it? Print your own? Take my word for it, Jumbo. You'll have your money. And I'll have a whole lot more for myself. We're going to continue on the case here, and uh, we find uh, Boston Blackie at Jim Leslie's apartment. He's doing some investigation. And another great one-liner. He knocks on the door. She opens the door. Yeah, and I mean the maid, this is the only time the maid has anything to do in the show. So it's not like she's a character. She's not a suspect. But she has all these lines. And yes. then he says he's going to recommend her for a she's job. Like, I'll recommend him. Maybe modeling HR button. HR button. Yes? Is this Jim Leslie's apartment? Uh-huh. But I'm alone just now. Well, I'm Boston Blackie just now and always. May I come in? I haven't closed the door in your face, have I? <laughs> No. You're Leslie's maid, aren't you? I don't wear this uniform because I think I look good in it. <laughs> I should say I was Mr. Leslie's maid. And I might add I'll be looking for other employment soon. I'll recommend a good employment agency. All right. One that uh, finds work for models as well as me. Thank you. No, let me thank you. For some information you're going to give me. Oh, oh Blackie, you ought to know that Thursday is maid's night out. Well, that wasn't going to be one of my questions. Well, if it ever is, that's one of my answers. Fine, I remember that. All right. Becky, do you have anything from the female perspective that you'd like to uh, I mean, she just sounds ridiculous from start to finish. She sounds like she's kind of born to be made, like there's not many other skills. I mean, in this day and age, she'd have a different profession, probably. Jim was having trouble with... Blackie asks her. Yeah. I mean, he's been arguing with anyone, and she says, oh, come on, like he argues with everyone, she insinuates. But then gives him a specific example. And she says, well, there's Kay Baker and, and David because Dave's sweet on her on his girl. Yeah. And Which uh, sounds like from the beginning, Kay was like, I'm not his girl. Yeah. He, she kept saying, like, I, I'm not into this. I'm not like, in love with him. She said that. At she the wanted out. Yeah. So she wanted out. So, so maybe. Jim can't catch a clue. Jim, Jim won't catch a clue. Can't or won't. Who knows? Well, it could be knows. either. He's obviously kind of an aggressive guy. Yeah, but so is Dave, let's be honest. So this is where he clues into the trouble with Kay Baker. And the maid says, um, oh, yeah, they're always working late. She's probably there right now. And we find out, And then right after that, they find out, hey, it's midnight. So this is the part that gets me, I guess. It's midnight. The maid is there and Blackie's over there like snooping around. And the maid, maybe the maid lives with him. Maybe she's like a... Um, what's that? Here's the story of a lovely lady. She's like Alice from the Brady Bunch. Thank you. Maybe she's like Alice. She's like a live-in maid. Can I ask you a, a question? Do you know Do you know the name Jean Roddenberry? No. Okay. Does that surprise you? Yeah. <laughs> Who is it? He's the creator of Star Trek. Oh well, I I'm he a, was. A, I'm more of a Star War, Wars Star Wars girl, if I'm honest. Okay, and who wrote Star Wars? So you so you've heard of Disney? George Lucas. Okay, good. Please. Good, 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 good. So I've heard of Disney. Ah, uh, well, I know. It's what an sad, insult. Sad day, right? Gene Roddenberry was a writer, and, and there's actually a couple of episodes of uh, different shows that he wrote, mm-hmm. and I stumbled across one on my last show. What does that have to do with this? Uh, because my guest didn't know who Gene Roddenberry was. Oh, and this guest doesn't either. I'm wondering how many people out there listening to this know who Gene Roddenberry is. Star Wars is not as good as 
I'm whoa, 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 whoa. Star Trek is not as good as Star I'm Wars. I'm leaving that That's in. That's why. This is drama. People love drama. <laughs> Anyways, People love tangent. Mistakes, I think. I'll mention later the uh, position for troll for our show is still open. So if you want to troll Becky uh, for messing troll? up on all this stuff, yeah, oh, like yeah. an internet I troll. I need a troll. Yeah, for the, sure. the the position's open. Nobody's taking it up yet. Yep. So I'm all about being trolled. Um, and not for like dates. No, yeah, no, not for a date. Just to be told what I'm doing wrong. Okay. For sure. Well, there's a lot of people. I'm gonna bite my tongue because there's plenty of other people there who are gonna who who can can tell you what's better. I'm sure they'll they'll have some words for me about too. wars versus Trek. Star Wars versus Trek. We don't call it wars. That's not like a thing that people really do. Well, I just made it a thing. Uh, okay, we'll see if it catches on. Good luck. It Maybe won't. in the Disney universe it will. Uh, so Dave and Kay are working late. Yep. Kay insisted. So still. Blackie thinks it's weird, right? Even cut even Blackie's a little bit like whatever. Blackie's yeah. So like we we cut midnight. to we cut to Dave's house. What's she doing over or, there? Or Dave's office? Yeah. Wherever Dave is working. To Dave's workspace. Maybe he's maybe he is very economically conservative and works out of his home. Uh, he's a writer. He could work wherever he has a maybe typewriter. If he lived in Even Bozeman, back then. that would be the smartest choice. I mean, we have... Uh, yeah. I mean, I work from home some days. Me too. But we both have an office to work in. Mm-hmm. But if we had a... a, a uh, I, was I miss, I miss Kurt when I stay another. home. If we were there, Kurt's girlfriend <laughs> kurt's kurt's wife is because they're married is gonna come in and knock me out Kay, dave and Kay are working late Kay said she didn't like him anymore and didn't Boss. didn't want to see him but didn't want to see him dead she's like i i didn't wish him dead okay because but, but she, i didn't want to be with him but wait 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 blackie goes he's not the there yet first. yeah he he doesn't he's not there yet so we, she just knows he's dead this cuts to a scene where it's both dave and Kay when blackie shows right. up so but they already know that Jim is dead. They do know that Jim is dead. Yeah, because, I mean, of course, Kay knows. Kay was not dating him, but supposedly with him. Right. Dave knows. I mean, this is like this is like a day or two later. Jim thought they were dating. Blackie's investigating. Okay, yeah. So they're there and they're talking about his death. Right. And they're kind of going, you know, well, who do you think did it? And, um, and, And Blackie shows up to basically. But that was weird that Kay was like, well, I didn't like him, but I didn't want him dead. Why right? is that weird? Well, Do you think she was like, I don't like you, so you should just die? Well, I just thought it was interesting that she called it she called it out like that, right? Well, she's like, I didn't want to see him dead. I didn't want, want him to be harmed. I, I just like didn't him. love him. Wait, just do you do you want dead. people you don't like to be no, injured or killed? For her to have to say that at all seems very suspicious. Why? I mean, she's like... Well, I, I wasn't into because this relationship it, anymore because they were having a conversation about it. They were talking about right, his death. They were. But what I think is if you're talking about someone you loved and they died and you truly cared about them, regardless. She of doesn't you, care about him. If you loved them or not. She said this. She said she didn't care about him. No, she said I didn't love him, but I didn't want to see him dead. So right? if you don't love somebody, they sh- it you doesn't matter say, if they're dead or alive. We can care about them. You know, all I'm saying is you don't have to say that out loud. Yeah, but she's having a so, specific conversation about his death. And she's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's dead. I know. That's all she had to say. Do you want to hear what Kay actually said? Sure, let's hear it. All right. Oh, this this was a terrible thing, Kay. Yes. Terrible accident. Which, Dave, I really didn't like him anymore. I couldn't even look at him after he came in here the other night and knocked you down. But 
I didn't want to see him dead. The newspaper says he used to tease the horse, but apparently he teased him one time too many. Yeah. Okay, so now that we listen to it, it makes more sense why she says that. Yeah, he, he's Remember, they're talking about his death and the fact that it was an accident, and she was like, oh no, he died in an accident, and I didn't want him to die. I just wanted him to not be my stalking boyfriend boyfriend guy yeah i don't know i think i still think it's weird i still feel like if should she have just someone said you love that sad he's dead yeah if you really cared about him you'd be like she doesn't care about him well obviously she doesn't she said it right there i know okay you still think it's weird i do i, I think mean, it sounds like a an, a fine conversation i think well, it's reasonable okay fine if you died and sarah said well, I mean, I was I was upset with him, but I didn't want to see him dead. It reminds me of the girl that pushed her newlywed husband off the cliff in Glacier. And then was like, well, I didn't mean for him to die when he hit the ground. Well, then she just faked that she didn't kill him for a while and then said that exact thing in different words. In a very different context. So what are you saying? You think Kay did it? I mean, I think we got two suspects on our hands now. Johnny who owes some guy some money. And you still don't think Dave is a suspect? No, this whole time, Dave, so far... He's harmless. Don't non, see Dave as a suspect. Non-threatening Dave? He's a douche, but not a suspect. Okay. 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 All right. So then Blackie shows up, um, and it's great, because he just knocks on the door and says, can I come in and walks in? Yeah. Dave just, Dave calls him out. Just lets him ru- himself right in. Says, hey... I'm coming on in. He's like, I don't want you. I, I didn't want to wait for you to answer. Uh, yeah. Another another great line. So now Dave is worried that, um, you know, he's going to have another scuffle, probably get knocked out again because he's kind of a wimp. Uh, but really, Blackie says, I'm here for Kay. He, yeah. he came to investigate the uh, little thing. She's, she's asking him, like, fine. Okay, what are you investigating? The working conditions of a secretary? But they kind of do get in a scuffle, don't they? Well, yeah, it leads to a scuffle. Because yeah. Dave is not as uh, not as harmless as you think. But still, this whole time. Well, he well, and Blackie says I'm investigating Jim's murder, and she's like, "What are you talking about?" Right, and Dave freaks out a little bit, but mm-hmm. not a lot. Well, Dave says, "I think you better leave." He doesn't say anything like oh condemning. But what they do have is they have a little uh, discussion about the papers. All right, and this is so good, and I have to I have to play this for you because. Uh, and this is where we have our, our nice little skip in the in the um, track. recording. Yeah. So just, I think tracks were on CDs. So I don't know. Is it a track when oh, it was like I on a record? Know. I don't know. Or like on old old magnetic tape. I don't know. Were they using magnetic tape back then? I could look it up. I should I should look these things up beforehand. Um, so he's like, hey, the papers the papers say they the horse killed him, and and Blackie's kind of like, you believe everything you read in the news? So Blackie admits to never learning to read that was great <laughs> it's like i don't read the papers that's why i never learned to read oh and dave, this yeah this is when dave freaks out yeah dave says hey get out of here we hear a scuffle a gun po- comes out and goes off yep can't really tell because we can't see what's we can't see well blackie's like i got this and then there's a, a and and Kay says something or whatever she reaches into the middle and then you hear a gunshot but and um, i'm sure she's like oh um, and that becomes, you know, and that's that's the end. And then there's a great pun. So check this out. Uh, and then there's a non-existent commercial break. I'm investigating Jim Leslie's murder. 
Murdered? Jim Leslie wasn't murdered, Blackie. The papers say the horse killed him. Well, that's one of the reasons I'm glad I never learned to read. The papers are wrong. And I think maybe one of you knows something about this murder. Blackie, get out of here. Get out of this office or I'll throw you out. That's the best offer I've had all week. Come on, friend. Just try it. All right, you won't leave here. Maybe this will make you. Oh, Dave, Dave, put that gun away. Let's go. Let's go. I'll take care of it. That's a pretty rush, my dear. The shot went wild. I'm happy to say. Shouldn't have grabbed my hand, Kate. Then you shouldn't have had a gun in it. So what? However, this rod is a very logical argument you advanced. I've got to go and brush up on my social studies. I want to know what to say if I ever meet a gun again. And we're back, and we go to the stables. Oh, yeah. And we come back, and we go to the stables. Uh, so here we are at the stable with uh, Johnny, and Jimbo is there in person this time, roughing Johnny up a little bit. Yeah. So then they're talking about the money again. Yep. And uh, he's like saying, hey, give me the money. Johnny then gives off a little more clue about how he's going to get this money. Right, because we didn't know before. It just sort of sounded suspicious. But we were listening in as like a fly on the wall in that previous conversation. That wasn't something that was like readily available. And now we have more context. We do. So he's saying, hey, quit quit beating me up. I, you know, and and, um, I think my favorite line here is when Jimbo is like, I can I can keep flipping you and listen at the same time. (laughs) And uh, so he's, you know, you hear some some scuffling and some ruffling and and Johnny's kind of like, oh, oh. And he's like, hey, I'm going to get five thousand dollars. He's like, I'm in the will for five thousand dollars. Yeah. So we find out that Jim has a will leaving Johnny five grand. Again, ding, 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 suspect. Now that there's money motive, absolutely. So if the first conversation wasn't enough, now the second conversation puts him in the running. Right. And and, um, just for record, $5,000 back in 1948. How much? About 50K today. Yeah. Yeah. I I kept... Worth, Worth mentioning if you're getting beat up. Totally. You're like, I'm going to have 50K coming in. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. So he can pay off his debts and then he can have a little $50? bit more. He owed $50? No, he said, I'll pay you and and then 50. So we don't know how much he actually owed. They Plus never 50. they never reveal that. Uh, you know, the the assumption is maybe it's maybe it's 100 or 500 bucks or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Jimbo now actually accuses Johnny of murdering him, but he kind of shrugs it off and he's like, whatever, as long as I get paid. Yeah. So, so he's thinking the same thing we're all thinking. And he's like, oh, I suppose you knocked him off so you could get your money to pay me back. And he's like, all right, uh, whatever. I'll let, th- I'll let this see where it, where it goes. At this point, we're all thinking the same thing. I, I, well, I this think is, that was the intent. This is too easy, right? Yeah, you're like, well, duh, it's got to be. It's got to be Johnny now. But then doesn't that immediately make you think, no, it's not Johnny because that's too easy? It's like it's like they're, they're teeing it up. Yeah. So... To before, try and to try and throw you off the, the before trail. Before the I'm in to five thousand dollars conversation, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's Johnny. Mm-hmm. Then seems, when they when they make it too obvious, you're seems like, it's too not. easy. Yeah. yeah, you know, it did it did kind of turn me off to Johnny as a prime suspect as yeah. well. I I I will agree to that. Um, so that happens. Uh, we we skip back over to Blackie and Mary. Uh, so they're hanging out. Blackie's um. They're in they're in Blackie's apartment, and Mary's like, 
trying to be playful and be like, Blackie, let's do something or Barry's being annoying. <laughs> Your words. I'm not saying that. She was just like trying to be like I mean, it's like typical female cast in nineteen fifty. Like just play the annoying housewife. She was like, let's play rummy or let's do something. No, and, and then she's like, let's solve your mystery. I'll ask dumb questions. Well, he, he she's trying to be playful and wants to hang right. out with him. And he's too busy thinking this over. And he's just being stone cold and being like, I've got a lot on my mind. Yeah. I mean, he's trying to he's trying to figure it out. So she's, she's like, like, OK, well, I'll help. I'm well, just a dumb girl. I don't know anything. Oh, yeah. She says why a bunch. And he's like, oh, you got a one track mind. No, don't no, you? she no. She actually had a good line in this scene. Because she asked like who, what, where, when. She asked several W questions and then says, well, aren't you glad I, at least I don't ask the same question twice. Uh huh. Every question she asks is one word. So she's like, what, who, when? And then she says, oh, aren't you glad I didn't, at least I don't ask the same question. Yeah. Sorry to reiterate myself. I am surprised that you don't like Mary. I don't at all. She, of all. Of all the females in this cast, she's my least favorite. She's like such a low uh, input into this episode, and I and I I have a feel I feel like they're trying to portray her as like not just like your average dumb um, female character. But I think the way the character I like her way better than voice. Kay. I think Kay is super annoying. I mean, Kay. Well, she's I like, mean, I don't love him, but I go home to him every night and. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that sounds like most girls I know now. Oh, man. That's you saying that, just for the record. I'm not. I don't ever say that. You and just said is... it, and I have it recorded. I know, but... Not not going home to the person, but calling out other females for that. Right. Yes, you can do that. I'm not I'm going not home to do someone that. I don't know. Uh, no, you, you can... Uh, what I mean is, you can call me out for doing that. Oh. I just want to make it clear, I'm not going home to someone I don't love. No, Newman loves you. He does. Yeah. Very much. Uh, okay, so... Uh, and I love him, just so the record's straight. Becky and Newman. Got it. We're in love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Newman's a dog. Okay, we got through that. Uh, so they're they're going through their suspects. So, so, you know, and this is where I think Mary is actually being helpful. So they're talking about the suspects. So we've got Dave. She's being helpful. No, she's being okay. like she's the being dumb. side... She's being like the dumb girl that the sounding just makes board. the she's the guy sound- look great. She's the sounding board. Okay. I get it. She's I get not, it. I understand now. Her character is not asking intuitive questions. Her character is being like, Okay. No, no, no. What? Where? I, I totally understand. The I mean, only thing I think she has going She's just trying to be supportive. That one one-liner. Yeah. That's what most women are good for. No, but in this particular... <laughs> now, now I look like a jerk for thinking that Mary's a no. fine character. Yeah. That's exactly... So you're right. No, Mar- you are 100% right, Becky. I Mary's the worst. She's not the worst. The writers of this show, uh, what's his name? They did, but it's exactly like you called it, and I see it now. She's just there to try and make Boston Blackie look better. Yeah, she's asking dumb she, questions, and he's like, oh, I don't and really he's need figuring, you. And he's I'm figuring it out. through this. So, okay, I want to get back to the fact that they're going through the suspects. We're going to forget that Mary's even in the room because really she's not supporting at all. And uh, so, so we're going through. We're, we're talking about Dave. Uh, he's got the re- and Blackie. Uh, I don't know. Blackie says, "Hey, he's got the revenge motive and the desire for Kay." And we've got Jim who won't leave Kay alone. Yeah. Which makes Dave want Jim out of the picture. So, and if it looks like an accident, maybe Dave can 
get Kay and they can go on and live happily yeah, ever Yeah, and for the first time, I think, okay, Dave's a suspect. Okay, and he, they also haven't played him up nearly as bad as they did Johnny. Yeah. So it's like, oh, maybe he's the secret guy hiding behind the scenes here. And then you've got Kay, and she wanted to break up with Jim, and J- Jim just wouldn't have it. Yeah. So there's that whole piece that we keep talking about. So there's this, like, Kay is this threatened um, woman in this particular case who maybe has conflicting uh, feelings for people in her life. Right. It's hard to say if she likes Dave or she's just attracted to the fact that she's uh, working for him and that he's her boss. Right. But and there's I something think for the first time. So that little piece with Kay back where she's like, I didn't like him, but I didn't want him dead. Uh huh. Suspect. Yeah. Johnny with the money issue. Dave never a suspect until Blackie says maybe it's Dave. Because so far Dave's been like, he's not antagonizing anyone. Yeah. He's just kind of been like, oh, he's just kind of sitting on the sidelines along the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and that's and that's the piece that you keep saying is like, well, he's a wimp. He's just he's not threatening. Yeah, I so Black says it might be him, and then you're like, okay, maybe. And then there's maybe Kay. Jim is a suspect. And they were probably just about to talk to. I mean, Dave, not Jim. Sorry. To, to talk about Johnny here, or they didn't have anybody else because I don't. Maybe Blackie didn't know. But then Faraday rolls in. And um, I'm going to play a clip for you because Faraday walks in and starts to agree with Blackie and their interactions are always so great. At least I'm not being too repetitious. You've got to admit that. Well, it could have been... Inspector Faraday. Oh, I doubt that. Oh, not Blackie. Inspector Faraday just came in. He's just coming in, you mean. Blackie, I got news for you. Yeah. I know why you said Leslie was murdered. He couldn't have been kicked by that horse. That's what I thought until this minute when you start to agree with me. I don't need any help from you. I figured it out for myself. Congratulations. Goodbye, Inspector. Uh, don't goodbye me. Well, you heard the Inspector, Blackie. Don't goodbye him. I guarantee it's no pleasure to hello him. <laughs> Look, Faraday, Mary and I were trying to figure out who killed Leslie, and you came in and interrupted uh, us. Ah, that's now, my we... job, Blackie. Interrupting us? Yes. No. Figuring out who killed Leslie. Now, uh, first, tell me if this is how you knew the horse didn't knock off the guy. Go ahead. The mark of the horseshoe we found on Leslie's head was in the shape of a U. That's right, Inspector. Right. And if the horse had poor Jim Leslie with the front hoof, which, because of the barrier, was the only way it could have been done, the U would have been inverted. That means, to you, upside down. I know what it means. And that's what I figured, too. Finally. You took that last word right out of my mouth. Yeah, I'll give it back to you on Christmas. Thanks. Blackie, I'll make a deal with you. Keep talking. You tell me what you found out. I'll give you some information. Sold. I found out nothing. I should have known. Okay, see what you make of this. Leslie's lawyer told me that the ex-jockey Johnny who hangs around the riding academy knew he was left a lot of dough in Leslie's will. That uh, public motive number one, isn't it? Yeah, be. Come on, Mary, let's get out of here. There's something happening I can't figure out. Let's go down to the riding academy and see if we can get some horse sense. <laughs> We got Dave um, and Kay are working on the book. Kay finally shares her feelings with Dave about Jim. And then she says something to Dave Which that I, sounds she kind like of a already, threat. But di- she already kind of shared her feelings about Jim at the get-go. But I, Dave just didn't pick up on it. Yeah, She's but, a little more explicit. But what she is more explicit about the fact that she was actually like, well, I was, I was a little bit scared. She just said something about him being... She just is more direct about her feelings with Dave. Yeah. Right? Y- well, no, no, no. She's, she's talking about how Jim like scared her 
and she felt threatened and she was like, I want it out. And he was, he was being kind of uh she pushy. Says something about Dave being like, well, if he was more like you and yes. talks about Dave. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so, so then feelings are shown. And that's when it was, she actually, she actually says something to Dave that sounds like, okay, is it a threat or is she actually flirting? And so this, this clip right here kind of sums it up. So l- listen to this and, and let's figure out, is, is this a, is this actually a threat or a flirt? Well, Jim's death has you very upset, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, I can't blame you. It was an awful thing that happened to him. It's worse now. The boss in back, he thinks it's murder. It was bad enough when everybody thought it was an accident. What are you driving at? I was going to break up with Jim. Well? I don't know. I was just thinking. If the person who killed him knew that... Maybe Jim would still be alive. Now, look, Kay, that's pretty ridiculous reasoning. You don't think uh, that I, I would... I uh, don't think anything. I just wanted you to know the way I felt about it. That's all. And I want you to know something else. What's that? That any ideas I have on the subject, I'll keep to myself. I see. It's just between you and me, Dave. Unless, of course, you ever do something to make me change my mind. So is she asking Dave to make a move or is he saying, is she saying like, if you make me change my mind, like I'm going to come after you? Like, is that a threat? No, is that a flirt? I heard it more as like a seductive invitation. Yeah, yep. Unless you, unless you're putting off the vibes I'm putting off. Okay. So she's kind of like, of course like, he is. Do you, do you like, like, everyone thinks about me and everyone argues about me with their significant other. So she basically just like passed him a note that was like, do you like me? Yes, no, maybe. Yeah. Except she just put yes and maybe. Yes and maybe. And there's no no. Because she already knows. She can't make the first move. It's well, 1948. I, right. Exactly. Yeah. But technically, I feel like Dave made the first move already. <laughs> okay. Um, and I feel like in the beginning, she already made it pretty clear she doesn't like Jim. She says she doesn't love him. And she Jim didn't, came in, but she didn't want to see him dead, which is a weird thing to say. But Jim came in in the beginning, and she defended Dave, not Jim. She wasn't like, "Oh no, 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 Jim, I'll go home with you." Well, I mean, she stayed and then defended Jim. I don't know. I, I mean, sorry, stayed and defended Dave. Yeah, but I feel like if um if I went busting in somewhere and Sarah was employer. actually working, and like I just accused her of not working, even though they were working. Yeah, it's like you say you're calling, you're working late, and it's like, what were they doing? They weren't like in bed together. I know, but midnight, who works till midnight anymore? If your you? wife was working till midnight, she would text you and say, yeah, but I work from midnight from so, home. So is Kay supposed to send him a text? the whole time. Is that what you just said? She's supposed to send him a text message. I suppose they could text via Morse code back I guess then. that's great. Yep. Great point. 1948. There's no but iPhones. But you could call and I mean, say. And well, and he came there in. He knew. There were telephones he did, in 1948. He, he did say like, oh, you call this working late. So and he knew that she was working late. Something was going on. They were they were working and they just said like took five. To, to be fair, when the scene opens, they are talking about the show. Jim. But then well, they are says, talking about Jim. No, they're talking about the the story. And then Dave says, I can't handle this anymore. My brain's too tired. And it's like, okay, let's call it a wrap. Go home tonight. But And then he starts talking about Jim. Yeah. And then Jim comes in anyways. Sorry, okay. We don't need to rehash the beginning again. <sighs> Dang it. I apologize. Everybody, again. everybody drink. Uh, so she's flirting. Yeah. Now, um, Blackie and Mary, they obviously need some time to come to their senses. Mary's here. She might as well not be, but she's she's with Blackie here. <laughs> and they're at the stable. 
Um, you know, because her character is really pretty much useless I just mean, to make Blackie look better. Really? Do you agree <laughs> with me now? I, I do. I do. I do understand that that perspective, and I'm I'm happy to consider that. They get to the stable and they're going to go over a ride, and Chick is there, all saddled. Sheik, his favorite horse, mm-hmm. all saddled up, ready to go. Um, and Mary says, "Fine." They race earlier in the show, which we kind of skipped over. Uh, but Mary kind of claims that Chick is the reason. Yeah, she that he kinda, keeps winning. Yeah, and so uh, she's like, "I'm going to ride Chick this time." Yep. So Mary hops up on the horse and the horse just starts bucking and going crazy. And Blackie's like, I don't know what's going on. And do you want want to take this one? No, keep going. All right. Uh, So and they they find a thorn under the saddle. So as soon as she sits on the saddle, uh, Chick is so bothered, you know, trying to buck her off because um, it's uncomfortable. And so Blackie now. The wheels are spinning. Realizes somebody is trying to kill me and they were hoping that it would look like an accident because he would sit on chick and chick would buck him off and he would die or maybe just you know break his neck because apparently uh getting bucked off a horse doesn't necessarily kill you i mean i've been bucked off a horse right i've never been bucked off a horse but you are like a legit montana cowgirl and i'm a city boy basically yeah i mean i've ridden horses i've ridden horses my friend ron got bucked off a horse and he broke his neck. He didn't die, but he broke his neck. So he de- he devises he immediately devises a plan. He says, "Hey, I I think I know how to to lick this. I, we're gonna get this." Blackie murder. devises the plan. Yeah, yeah. and he's got because he's like, "Okay, Chick was saddled up with a thorn, so he gets everybody down to the stable. So so now we um we have a great pun. Listen to this pun. Easy now. Take it easy. Uh oh. Huh? What is it? Well, I thought it would be Mary. What's a that? under Chick's saddle. What? Somebody put it there, hoping the horse would throw me. Blackie, I... Gee, I... I couldn't have stayed on Chick's back a minute longer. That horse could have broken my neck. And it's time I broke this case. Somebody wanted that horse to throw me, Mary. And I'm going to do something right quick before the killer thinks of a plan that will work on me. What are you going to do? Well, for one thing, call Faraday and get Kay Baker, Little Johnny, and Dave Hanley down here to the stable. Yeah, okay. I don't like the idea of having this horse throw me. Mm-mm. I never liked the idea of being a fall guy. So Blackie, not going to be the fall guy. He's got everybody down at the stable and says... No, he's got the three main suspects. He does. He, well, he, and, he, and he gets Faraday down there and he says, hey, we're going we're gonna to solve this, right? He's talking to Faraday and he says... And Faraday is, of course, well, well, how the heck do you plan on doing that, Blackie? I don't understand. And he says, I'm about to show you. He's like, let me show you. Because Blackie won't, won't tell you his plan. Right. Well, well, Chick is saddled up, ready right. to go. Chick is already saddled up. Oh yeah, but I, I think that they took the they took the uh, thorn out because they knew. Mm-mm. Well, oh, did they? Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, they wanted to be nice to the so horse. So the three main suspects. So we get we get pretty much everybody down there. Faraday's down there. Blackie, Mary, Kay, Baker. So let's start with so Mary's there because Blackie's there. Yeah, obviously they're not suspects. I'm just saying everybody the who's there. I'm just saying that everybody's there. So the suspects are Kay. Kay Baker. Uh, Johnny, Johnny, the stable, stable guy. hand, yep. yeah, and uh, Dave, Mary's Dave, Dave Hanley, love interest slash boss slash mystery writer, yeah, okay, uh, and and those are our three prime suspects. And uh, Faraday is skeptical, but says, okay, how are you going to do this? And they're all kind of looking at Blackie, like, what what are we going to do? And and he says, hey, we're going to go for a little ride. Yep, 
And of course, all three of them are like, fine, we'll do this. Yeah. We'll play uh, under no, your game. Yeah. No pretenses. They say, whatever. Like, so I'm not sure, you know, they all know that, that Blackie's investigating a murderer. If I was the murderer, I think I'd be like, no, thank you. I'm busy. Yeah. I'm, I'm not playing any games. We saw making a murderer. And we don't want to play any games. Yeah, don't play any games. I'm I'm gonna just be busy that night. Um and so he, he calls everybody out. Um Kay happens to stand out. She won't get on the horn. Yeah, so he asks, I think like she's Dave like, and then wanna... Kay and then John. Oh, right? she has he has Johnny first and he's like, I don't really he's like He's like, Johnny, Okay, fine, I'll ride it. How would you like to ride the horse? He's like, Well, I don't really want to, but uh, I will, you know, whatever. And Dave says something along similar lines. Yeah, he goes to Kay and she says fine, sure. Uh, I guess, but makes a scene as she's saying, "Fine, sure." Bo- yeah, both the others. It's kind of, like, it's kind of like you play said, your game, but I will if it proves whatever you want. Yeah, proves. and Kay says something funny that is is different than um, kind of like earlier when you were like, "Well, I didn't want to see him dead," and you you thought, you know, yeah. so she says something kind of funny there, and I I think it was actually kind of weird this time. Uh, and then this is the big reveal. So let's play the reveal for you. You get to hear Kay say it herself. I was going to ride him, but I've changed my mind. Well, what's that going to prove? Will you ride him? Sure. I thought you were mistaken. Ha! That's too silly a question to bother answering. I suppose you answer it by getting on that horse. I will not. How about you, Jenny? Want to ride, Chick? Well, not particularly, but I'll do it. Okay, Blackie. What have you proved? I'll let you know in a minute. Get on that horse, Miss Baker. Why should I? Because if you don't, I'll be pretty sure you murdered Jim Leslie. What? Murdered Jim Are you crazy? Maybe. But why don't you get on that horse? What? All right, I will. I'll prove to you. No. I won't. I won't do it. I can't get out of my camera. I'm going to kill me. You'll prove it. Let me alone. Let me out of here. Grab a party. I've got it. I'm holding it. Good. And maybe you don't know it, Inspector, but you're holding up a murder. And that's it. So then we know. It was Dave Hanley the whole time. Blackie knows all. Just kidding. I was trying to see if I could get Becky to (laughs) (laughs) to jump at that. Did you? uh, It was Kay Baker. I knew you were joking. Obviously. I mean, as you just. Suspect from the beginning. Well, she. I never thought Dave was suspect, to be honest. Let's let's talk about the suspects in a minute. But but let's just let's just talk about how this this show rounds out. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to zip through this and then let's let's get back to you. Uh what we thought about that okay so uh blackie and mary are now out driving in the car and, and oh yeah blackie now reveals how he figured it out nobody else could figure it out because Kay, in that big reveal absentmindedly admits to murdering him sure and and blackie finally fills us in on some of the details so he kind of goes back and forth and he and he finishes with a glorious glorious pun and so I'm, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of this um Oh, and then after Kay gets arrested too, which we don't hear, but Blackie talks about this. He says, we find out that she actually did want to marry Dave. So we knew that she had feelings for Dave. And she was concerned about uh, Jim spilling embarrassing details about her past. Right, yes. Which we don't get to hear anything about either. What did she do? I mean... We don't know anything. The best thing about the 1948s is that they protected women's uh, reputations. Oh, yeah. Right? For her honor. Yeah. They're just dumb housewives. Okay. So they weren't smart enough to do anything. What embarrassing things she could have possibly have done. Maybe she burned a cake or something once. I mean, was that that insensitive? (laughs) No, that's good. That's a good one. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, uh, so then he talks about how uh, everything didn't work out for Kay, and here's a great pun. Well, she wanted to marry her boss, Hanley, and Leslie knew a lot of ugly things about her that he would have told Hanley if Miss Baker had announced that she was going to marry the guy. So she went to Leslie's stable and hit him with a horseshoe, <laughs> only she made the mistake of holding it the wrong way when she did it. That's right. Faraday has the whole thing down in writing now. Her confession was pretty complete. You know, Mary, a horseshoe is supposed to bring good luck. But it certainly worked upside down for Kay Baker when she held it upside down. All right. I do that a lot, too. You can drink every time I say all right. All right. All right. Well, it's like the... It's like the... um, When they come back from the radio show... You know, they have the recap every time. Your recap is just all right. Mine is all right. <laughs> you you fill in the details. All right, all right, all right. I am not going to try and do a Matt McConaughey impersonation. Maddie MC. <laughs> Maddie Mac. That's what I'm going to start calling him from now on. Uh, so the the what's kind of fun, though, is the show actually closes up with sort of like a teaser for what I believe to be the next episode uh, where there's like a guy hiding out in a hotel and he's talking about how, oh, it's very difficult to find out a room number. And then only Blackie knows the room number. And, and people he, would kill for his secret. Yeah. Yeah. So check out the actual show or stick around after the credits. I'll play it for you. So, Becky, let's move on to um, uh, just to wrap things up. We've gone a little long, which is fine. W- what are some of your thoughts? So we, we were talking about Dave, Kay, Johnny, our suspects. Did you have anything you wanted to add there? I kind of cut you off earlier. Oh, no, you, I mean, I kind of said what I wanted to say. Dave was never a suspect to me. Kay, from the beginning, was, but then Johnny seemed like more of a suspect. I always thought that Dave was a bit more of a suspect. That's interesting. Because I, I felt like Dave is kind of the, the cunning yeah. writer, and so he would have devised some it's kind like of... like provoking that relationship a little bit in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, that's why I thought maybe maybe Dave was the Dave was the guy. I don't know. Mary when the Mary became one when she said. So from the get go, she I became was like, one when she said, be, "I didn't want to see him dead." Yeah, it's not going to be Dave or Mary because that's too easy. But then she said, "I didn't want to see him dead," and then I was like, "Please." Johnny quickly became the first suspect. Then Kay never thought of Dave. I, I guess I was I was thinking Dave, and then. Um, Kay was in there, but I was like, uh, the first time I listened to this, actually, I didn't really even pick up on Kay. Oh, I, really? Yeah. I spent a whole bunch of time researching the characters because I was like, well, wait a minute. And like, I had a hard time keeping all the characters straight the very first time I listened to this. Mm-hmm, so sure. when, when I sat down the second time, I made sure to write down all the characters. And I did listen to the big reveal again because um, when I very the very first time I listened to the show, because I was like, wait a minute, who's this Kay person? And I realized, oh, duh, because there was there was Mary. There was the... Uh, the, the maid, maid. yeah, and I kind of made an impression. The maid made an impression for for a thirty second clip. The maid made a, a yeah a huge impression. She was funny. Um, she was probably the best and character. A little provocative. Maybe maybe she should be Blackie's new girlfriend, and he should ditch Mary. But she might show Blackie up. I feel like her wits might match Blackie's. Oh, and the, we can't. If she have... had more airtime, we might see. Well, that's maybe why she didn't get any more airtime is because she was too smart, too witty. Too witty. And uh, we can't have Blackie looking like a fool. Nope. No. He's the hero. He is not the fall guy. No. Anything else you want to add? What What did you like? What did you dislike? Anything the puns. Else? I liked the puns the you, best. You enjoyed the puns. I thought, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I mean, dad jokes, but I'm a fan of dad jokes. He's not a so, dad. 
It doesn't matter. I mean, they have a dog in the movies. Just good, good puns all around. Okay. The puns are great. Yep. I rewound a couple of them to rehear them. Because it just made you laugh so hard. so much. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Um, didn't like Mary. We already went over that. Uh, the organ music, I thought, uh, between the... Da-na-na-na-na-na. They just, they had such good classic, stereotypical radio show organ music. Suspense organ music. Yep. Um, Blackie and Faraday. I actually, I actually kind of dug this. It was like... Look at the silly cop. He doesn't know what's happening. And Blackie and Faraday always have this sort of uh, tumultuous relationship. And, and Blackie seems like he'll go out of his way to do anything to make Faraday look dumb. Yep. That was entertaining for me. It was it? <laughs> yes. You didn't like Mary. And you didn't like Kay. Oh, Kay was so You thought annoying. Kay was the dumbest character. Well, I, she was the most annoying character yeah. to me. So this is what 1950s radio is like. The women are always like damsels in distress, no matter if they're a sidekick or one of the main characters, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't. Most shows that I've encountered, I mean, all the shows that I've encountered so far, the the females play a very, very small role. So it's hard not to be annoyed by them, I think, because this is like you're like get a get a brain on your shoulders. Well. I just feel like that was who they were supposed to like. Um, what what was Gone with the Wind? Yeah, that movie. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> Frankly, my dear. Um, I mean, just a bunch of annoying. I mean, okay, I really like that movie, but movies in that time had a bunch of damsels in distress, and they really played up the damsel part, mm-hmm. which gets annoying after a while. Oh yeah, you know, I noticed the same thing in Lost. Kate. Kate oh, was really? so annoying. I didn't She was always that. going off and getting herself in trouble and needing to be rescued. I know, but her voice wasn't no, annoying. No, Evangeline Lilly, uh, you know, I, I, you know, she's fun to, that's fun to watch on TV. Makes, oh, jeez. <laughs> that's what I think makes these women annoying. It's not who they are or what they're doing. It's the way they're uh, portraying themselves like their voice their inflection sounds yeah. like they're helpless little beings if i guarantee you if you said the same thing except for the maid who was like yeah i'm gonna go look for a new job yeah, she, whatever. Was like, she was like i'm a single woman making it in dress LA. this way every day <laughs> what i don't know what she says so provocative i'm not anyway. in this uniform for fun yeah yeah or that's what she like says that. But I just think if they they could say the same thing, the exact same lines with different inflection, and it wouldn't be annoying. Hmm. Don't you with think? With Mary? Why? Why, Boston? No, yeah, I feel like she... She could have been like, Boston, tell me more about why you think uh, that individual s- exact, is a suspect. She could say the exact same lines with a different inflection, and it give wouldn't me, be annoying. Give me a bad one. Give me a bad example. You want me to say just what's anything, annoying? Just anything. No, say it. Say it in the with the inflection. That's that's annoying. Why? What? Who? Okay, now do it again with the inflection that makes you sound smart. Why? What? No, Who? the way that you said why. It's just it's more like a, why. Did that's I kind say of it annoying. annoying. <laughs> oh yeah, that was way more annoying okay. than the first time. Uh, I can't say it not annoying. That's my voice. You basically just <laughs> called my voice annoying. Hey, you did too. You were like, I'm not going to listen in, to this. I don't want to hear my own I voice. I just had a friend uh, and her husband over for some cribbage. And I was talking about uh, ticket prices at Big Sky or something. Mm-hmm. Or Skiing. concert ticket oh, prices, ridiculous, maybe. Ridiculous, yeah. 
Anyway, I started flipping out about how ridiculous it all was. And he instantly made fun of how annoying my annoying voice was. I, I'm not going to say that your voice is annoying, but the way you said why was why? was very whiny. Well, he did. He made me he the way he imitated my voice sounded like a total valley girl. I instantly was embarrassed. So I'm not saying I can do it better. I'm just saying there are actresses that can make it sound better. All right. So I, maybe I shouldn't be so hard on them. So I think I think that kind of wraps into the stereotypes. I mean, we've kind of beaten that horse to death. Oh, that's just such a terrible example for this show. The the whiny girls. No, beating this horse to death. Oh, there I got my pun in. It was a little darker though, especially considering how much character and personality the horses have in this episode. <laughs> da, 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 da. But the stereotypes, they they really did a poor job of portraying the uh, female characters in this. And um, Kay Baker, who was probably the strongest character, uh, was easily overshadowed by the maid. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> um, the maid really took it for all it was worth. Speaking of the maid, the last thing that I want to add uh, in relation to this episode is the maid. Why was the maid there after midnight? After Jim already died. Like she's not going to get paid. Maybe she was collecting things she wanted. Yeah. She's looting she his house. Like, Kay's not here. She doesn't care. Jim's dead. I'm going to just dead. ram this ransack his me. house. Yeah. I've spent my whole life mating for this. Well, Jim did take good care of his employees. He left $5,000 for Johnny. I Seriously. Which, they never explained that. They're like, did they have like... Did they have like a long-term, uh, long-standing, you know, relationship where they like army buddies or something? I mean, kind of. I mean, I'd work for Jim yeah, for yeah, fifty thousand. I'd kill him. No, also, no, I would not. Also, not. what's more interesting is why did Jim tell Johnny he left? He willed him fifty thousand. It was kind of an incentive to help make him to work keep better and not to not stop working. to not kill him <laughs> to not set him. I mean, it, obviously, it's pretty easy. Like the thorn idea. Uh, Johnny could have come up with that and killed Jim in a heartbeat and made it look like he died yeah, in but an accident. He could have just appreciated Johnny and then it, it it would be a surprise. Right? Yeah. A little weird. Yeah. The whole thing's a little weird. Yeah. Well, he's going to get his money today yeah, instead well, of like in another 30 or 40 thanks, years. Thanks, Kay, for the 50000 Right? Maybe. Maybe they, maybe they maybe. were working together. Yeah. Ah. Uh, He's like, I got some debts Johnny to pay. Johnny got off scot-free and Kay was too afraid to say anything. Yeah, there it is. That's the, we've uncovered the episode. Let's just, let's just wrap things up here then. Um, anything you want to plug? You're I, not like a comedian. I, I have so. no plugs. I'm, I, please. I'm I mean, hilarious. not like a, you don't have like, like com- comedy projects you're no, working on. No. Do you have any, um. I don't like talking into a microphone. Serious projects you're working on? Uh, work projects. Which we're not allowed to talk I'm about. Which I'm probably not allowed to. It would just be best if we didn't. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody find Becky on social media. She wants to be trolled. Yeah. Please troll me. <laughs> You'll never find me. Um, all right. Well, then I guess I'll jump in then. Uh, check out oldtimefuturefunhour.com for links to episodes. Uh, like us on Facebook. It helped me out a lot. Leave us a review love to hear what you have to say come come to the um facebook page or the web page and jump in and leave us a note let us know what we're doing that you like what you don't like any drinking games you've come up with how many times i said sorry tell us yeah is it too late now to say sorry give us the no that's i mean it it's still recording so that's two more drinks clearly, everybody. clearly. we're gonna and on a high note for that one two more big big gulps uh, 
that was a Justin Bieber reference and you missed it. Clearly, yeah. No, I, I never get the musical references you make. Ever. I'm just going to say that right now. I never get the musical references you make. It's okay that things I say remind you of songs. I'm going to... What was the song at the beginning I was singing? Detective. Private Eye. Private Eyes are watching me. All right. Sorry. Continue. And another drink, everybody. Um, oh, wow. I said I was going to stop. And once I said that, I probably said sorry five times. I'm going to cut you off because I feel like you could just go on and on <laughs> and on. And we're trying to end this. Uh, last thing I want to say, everybody, you know, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Uh, check out moneybooksandlaunch.com. Uh, that is another podcast that I host with my wife. Uh, new episodes are expected to be dropping in February. Here are the house phones, Mary. Uh-huh. This won't take but a minute. Well, it'll take less time than that if Roger Harrison isn't registered here yet. Are you sure he is, Blackie? Positive. Yes. Hey, give me Roger Harrison's room number, will you, please? I'm sorry, it's against the rules of the hotel to give out room numbers. I'll ring him for you, though. Oh, that'll do. One moment, please. Trouble, Blackie? No, I forgot a hotel doesn't give out room numbers. Oh, I see. You know, a hotel is a good place for a guy to hide if he sticks to his room. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be impossible to find a guy's room number if he didn't want you to know it. That's right. Hello. Uh, Mr. Harrison, Roger Harrison? Yes. This is Boston Blackie, Mr. Harrison. Charlie Kingston probably told you that I'd be... Oh, yes. You're going to look over the plans for my new invention? That's what I'm supposed to do. Uh, When do you want to see me? Could you come up, uh, say, in 30 minutes? Yes. Make a long-distance phone call first. All right. I'll be up in 30 minutes. That's fine. What's your room number? Uh, 909, but Blackie... Uh Uh-huh. Don't repeat my room number to anyone. I don't want anyone to know what room I'm in. Nobody knows except you. These plans I have are worth killing for, and I don't want to be the one who's killed for them. Watching you, watching you.